We have been going through Psalm 23. We're going to continue that. And I'd like to um, just look briefly here in Psalm 23.4. And I want to start with uh, an article that I read. Um, not going to read the whole thing, but I was fascinated with this, with this individual. And I'll read it in just a second. But I just thought how pertinent it was to just... Uh, see this man's life, what he accomplished, and related it to, to grace and to Psalm 23.4. In February 2012, an American stuntman named Nick Wallanda became the first person in more than 100 years to walk a tightrope across Niagara Falls. With one billion viewers glued to their televisions... Walinda carefully placed his feet one after another along the two-inch wide cable and walked across a 1,800-foot gap between the United States and Canada. After nearly 30 minutes, he made it across, receiving the applause of thousands that were there on site. Just as he walked the tightrope, or just, just so in case something went south, the safety official insisted that he had to wear a harness. He had to have a, black, a backup plan. And as he walked the tightrope, he wore this harness attached to a thin safety cable trailing behind him. And even if he were to fall off the tightrope, the safety cable fastened behind him to the tightrope would catch him. And he'd be hanging there until someone could bring him to safety on the other side. And so I got all excited. I, I love stories like this, these adventure stories. But what a feat to, to walk this 1,800-foot gap between United States and Canada on a, on a two-inch cable. And uh, that is scary. That isn't even right. That's not even human. Okay, and, and so you can see the little attachment there and back, and that's a safety cable. And, and I thought about this, and I began to see all the pictures and began to read a little bit more about them. And I began to think about life. Life has pain in it. Life has danger in it. It has wounds, and it has hurts. And I thought about grace as being our safety cable. Grace, God's perfect, unconditional love for you and for me. How difficult is that to grasp? But it is in that grace that we are able to move forward in life with confidence Knowing that when we fail or that when we fall, we find safety and security in the unconditional love of God's grace, in the unconditional love of Christ. And I began to just meditate on that. And knowing that it, even in the midst of our worst performance, in the worst of our times, 
in the times when we go through some dark times, that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And that is something that you just can't read. You have to soak it inside of your heart because there's a life that is living in each one of us. And that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Christ within each one of us. And as I began to think about these things, my mind went into Psalm 23. And I think so much this is what David was thinking. As he writes this poem, and I believe this poem, David sang as a song. It's filled with heart. It's filled with emotion. It's filled with life-giving. It's filled with experience. David says, I've experienced this, and this is what I've learned in life. And so let's go into Psalms 23, and let's begin with verse 1. We'll just read through verse 4. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I always use that word shepherd because Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And so Jesus is my shepherd. He's your shepherd, but he's my shepherd too. He's a personal shepherd. I lack nothing. In other words, there is enough. I am enough. And that he makes or he settles me down in green pastures. He's my provider. Christ is my provider. <laughs> and he leads me besides the quiet waters of rest. And as I understand inside of my heart that he's my provider and that he gives me that rest, he will restore me as verse 3 says. And he will lead me onto the right path for his name's sake. And then all of a sudden you find in verse 4, he says, even though I walk through the dark valleys, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, <laughs> I've learned because I know that he will give me rest, he will restore, restore me, he will provide for me because I know this in my heart, I will fear no evil. I will fear no bad thing. For you are with me. It's a psalm that we take along with us as we journey in life. It's a psalm for a young person who is going through dating relationships and they broke off and, and they're struggling and they're wondering about their future, and they're wondering about the things that are happening in their life, and they're turning into adults, this is a psalm of comfort. It's a psalm where as you close your life here on planet Earth, and you're getting nearer and nearer and nearer, it's a psalm that you can soak inside of your heart, and you can say, thank you for the comfort. Thank you, and I trust you, my shepherd Christ that you will restore me. You will give me that rest. You are my confidence. You are my assurance. You are my shepherd. It's a heavy, rich psalm. It's interesting that the shift in verse 4 is a shift. From the verse, first three verses, he, he brings us to this place 
of a valley, a dark valley, where we can't see, we can't, we can't find our way. And basically, it's a picture of a sheep that is, that is going through a valley. And if we can just have a picture here of a canyon, it's, it's the best that we can do. And there's, there's a lot of canyons there in the Judean desert. And the sheep, as they go through, there's a lot of shadows. As you can see, some of the shadows there. There are predators that are hidden away behind the rocks. Fox, wolves. And so there's a fear of the sheep as they go through these dark valleys. It's a place where it is vulnerable. And so this, I was reading and doing some research, and I just love this kind of stuff. And this guy had had lived among the uh, Bedouins there in the Middle East for a while, their, shep- their, their shepherds. And he was saying that um, in the desert, there are sections of the trail that cannot be avoided. There's no bypass road. There's no magical place to be, or the, there's no magical escape. The only way is through the valley. And you can see that that is true here. There's no other way, but you have to go through this valley. And that's the way it is with life. There's a dark valley that sometimes we have to go through. That's called life. And there are very hard, hard times. You can't escape. you You can't bypass on another road. Sometimes in life... There are dark valleys. There are those things that keep us up at night. There are those things in seasons where we are disappointed in ourselves or in other people or circumstances in our life. That's called a dark valley. And in the Hebrew, the word dark valley or the darkest valley is a dreary word. It's a weary word. It's an intense word. It's things that have come inside of your, your, your soul and, and it hurts. So there are de- seasons of disappointments, seasons of uncertainty, and definitely you and I have gone through seasons of uncertainty. If you're old enough through your life, you have found those seasons of uncertainty. There's, there's seasons of depression. And these times, if you've gone through them, you know that they're very lonely times. You feel like you're the only person that may be going through it. And they are so hurtful, so wounding, so real because it's personal, and that's why it hurts so much. And so as I began to read this psalm, and I began to imagine... I imagine David as he was on top of this ridge under the stars around a bonfire in the stillness of the night. He could hear some of the wolves that were howling in the background. He could hear the sheep as they are shuffling around. 
And he's reminiscing about his, his life as the sound of the crackling fire was heard. And he saw all the times when he was rejected, all the times when he was hunted down to be killed. And he begins to write this song down. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. And he goes to verse 4. Though I have walked through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Where did that come from? Where did those words come from in his heart? And he remembered those times when he was filled with depression and disappointment and fear. And he remembers that time when he wrote in one of the Psalms that he had written. He says, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. Ah, I've learned a lesson. I've seen the faithfulness of my Lord, my shepherd. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I no longer need to fear. I no longer need to fear bad things. That's the literal word of evil is bad thing. He's not saying that bad things won't happen to you. As you walk through the dark valley, bad things do happen. David knows that. You know that. I know that. And that's why they're called dark valleys. Because bad things do happen at times. And when you can't see the shepherd, when you are empty inside, and there's a little sense of, of hopelessness or a big sense of hopelessness that's going inside of you, what happens is that your mind can be focused on those things and fear begins to develop. Anxieties begin to develop because your mind is attracted to some of those negative things that are happening and they play trick on, tricks on you. And that is one of the things that I've learned in this walking through the valley, the dark valley, that is imperative for me, and that is, it is a time for you to trust your heart. You don't hear that very often. And, but your heart is clean. Your heart is pure. It's where Jesus lives. You can put, because, because what happened is, God has said in Ezekiel as well as in Hebrews, he put his desires into your heart. Hebrews 8 says, and I will write my ways Onto your heart. Your heart is the sacred place where God the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit reside. They live. They abide in you. You can trust your heart. I remember uh, hearing Andrew Farley a long time ago. He says, the purposes of your heart are aligned with God's will. And I began to scratch my head. I'm thinking, what? And then I did the research into the scriptures, and we don't have time. Someday I'd love to do that because we don't understand what's happening inside of our heart. We're taught not to trust our heart. 
But if you trust this, when you're going through a dark valley, what happens? Your mind goes everywhere. Your mind goes to, it's distracted off of your heart. Your mind goes into, I'm depressed. I'm ugly. I'm a failure. I'm not going to make it. You have fears and everything else. All of that comes from the head and not the heart. Because inside of your heart, it is telling you, no, no, no. You're okay. There is a shepherd. Your mind says, there is no shepherd. Your heart says, you have a shepherd. Your mind says, there is no shepherd. You see what I'm saying? Every one of you have gone through this. And we depend upon our mind, but you can trust your heart. And so in this Psalm 23, as I begin to say, and God will lead you, your mind says, no, 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 especially when you feel empty, especially when you're depressed, especially when you're filled with anxiety, especially when you're frustrated, your mind is locked on those things, and you know, you know, if you're honest, I'm okay. But your mind says you're not, and so you follow your mind and not your heart. He says, I will lead you. But we can't allow to trust our heart because we're so used to trusting our head. And you need both. You need both. And may our heads drop a foot down to trust our heart and then begin to learn up here what our heart is speaking into our mind. That's why John, he understood this. He says in 1 John, he says, you have an anointing. You. You have no need for anyone to teach you. But his anointing teaches you all things. What is he talking about? You have an anointing of the Holy Spirit inside of you. That is your teacher. It says in Hebrews 8, 11, he says, no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they, re- they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. You already know the Lord. You know the character of the Lord. You have the ways of the Lord where? Inside of your heart. You can trust your heart. He's not saying you don't need teachers. You don't need preachers. You don't need evangelism. He's not saying that. He says we need those because through something I may say today, it may resonate inside of you, and that's what teachers are for. That's what pastors are for. That's why small groups, as I begin to listen to you, yeah, I, I, I hear something from you that you've spoken into me, into my life. I'm thinking, man, that resonates. Well, it resonates. Why? Because it's something you already knew. You just had to hear it. You have everything, everything. That's what Peter says. You have everything to live this kind of a life. It's in there. And we know that. And so real growth, this is the cool thing about it. Real growth really comes from listening to your spirit, to listen to your heart. And it may even be contrary to what you have been taught as a little child. And that's what has happened to me. I began to see and began to, it, it, the, the, some of the things that I believe now, it, it, it resonated since I was a wee tiny kid growing up in a tiny village in northern Thailand. 
I said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I've always believed this. But I've always believed with my head. And now I'm beginning to see in my heart. And I'm thinking, I got to get my head down a foot lower and believe those things that are inside of my heart. And so David here is speaking out of his heart. As he begins to write Psalm 23, the Spirit takes, takes what is in the depths of the heart of David. And he brings it forth and he communicates that to your heart. And the problem is, I don't know if it's a problem, it's just the way I see things. We read what is supposed to be read inside of the depths of your heart. And we just read it up here and we intellectualize it. And so it doesn't become real. And that's why sometimes when I study this, I get excited because it resonates inside. Through the darkest, darkest valley, he will still restore, he will still lead. Thereby, I don't need to fear. I don't need to fear bad things, for you are with me. I don't need to fear failure, for you are with me. I don't need to fear what others may say when I follow my heart, because that's where Christ lives. And when something is wrong, when you follow and trust your heart, he'll lead you to a different way. He's done that a lot. You have the ways of the Lord right in here. And he is so masterful of a discipler, you will know. You will know the ways to go in your life. And that's why sometimes, you know, when I have overreacted, when I have been angry, when I have all these, uh, these things inside of my heart, when I'm honest and I'm listening, inside of my heart, this, this, is, this is just not right. I know that already. Nobody needs to tell me. I know that. If I could just learn to trust my heart and say, okay, then just stop. But we live so much from our head. But as we begin to go through this valley and we fear not, we can be assured that you have assurance, you have security, that he, the shepherd, is attached to you like the safety cable to Nick Belinda. He is attached to you and you are attached to him. You are in union with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are attached and nothing will separate you from the love of God. These things are imperative to try to get to understand. It's already in your heart. I'm just teaching you. I'm just bringing some of these things out. But that's why he says... You are with me. It, does, he, he, it doesn't mean that he's going to take the object of fear away from you, but he guarantees that he will go through the valley with you. He's going to go through that valley. And I don't always know the purpose of valleys. You know, sometimes those, those, uh, those results of bad things, 
is because of my choices. Sometimes there are lessons that I can learn as I go through those dark valleys. And sometimes those lessons from my heart are revealing my sort of a character. You don't need to blast yourself. You don't need to feel guilty. Man, I, I would say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Show me again. I'm not going to work on it. I'm not going to do anything. God still loves you. The shepherd is still with you. It's not, it's not going to make any difference. But your countenance, your wholesomeness, it's going to make the difference. But let me say this. That sometimes there are no lessons. Some things happen in our life and there's nothing. It's just flat. You're just hurt. You're grieving. Things happen in life. And that's called a dark valley. And there's no answers. You don't even know where to start. And maybe the lesson is this. You just trust the shepherd. You trust in the character of the shepherd. Maybe that's all there is. Folks, maybe that's where you're at, some of you. You're just learning how to trust. The other option is that you can crawl into anger. You can crawl into bitterness. You can crawl into blaming. That's the other option. And you know I'm going to say that's okay. And the reason that's okay is sometimes we need to go through those times before we can hear our hearts tell us this is futile. This is an empty way to live. This is not wholesome. I'm the type of person that you can give me advice and I'm not going to listen to you. I'll, I'll say thank you. But I have to take ownership of it. If you gave me some advice and, and it was resonating inside of me, it was a word that you spoke into my life, and I knew it was from your heart to my heart, and it resonated, I would take ownership of it and go with it. But a lot of times we take advice from people, and it's not, it's, it's, we don't take ownership of it, and so it's gone. And that's why I'm saying it's okay. It's okay. Live in that bitterness. Live in that anger. Live in that blaming others. Because you know inside of your heart, if you're truly, truly honest, you know that is not right for you and for others around you. Your heart already knows. And I get mad at myself for not listening to my heart earlier, but I'm just not ready. So I'm saying it's okay. There'll be a time when you can hear your heart. Do you really want to keep living this way, Gordy? Do you want to keep whatever? No. Now I've taken ownership. And that's, the, that's a big deal for me. And it may take a couple of weeks. It may take a couple of months. It may take some years. And you know what? I've lived long enough, seen a lot, of, a lot of people that would be dying on a deathbed, and they take it to the grave, and that's okay. It's a lifelong journey. But you've got to take that ownership, folks. And it's okay if you don't. 
but your heart already knows. Your heart already knows. Your mind just hasn't attached to what's in here. Your mind goes berserk. Your mind reacts. Your mind goes into areas that you know in your heart that is not you. That is not you. You can trust your heart. And you can trust that the shepherd, regardless of your performance, regardless what you have done, regardless all the mistakes you guys have made, regardless even what you're thinking, nobody thinks about it, you are forgiven, he's embraced you, you are loved, and you are accepted. Did you notice in verse 3, that 1, 2, 3, in those verses, that it's in the, the third person pronoun, and he uses the word he. He will restore. He will lead. He will this. He will put you on the path. Several times he puts the word he. And then in verse 4, there is that tremendous shift as he goes into the darkest valley. And he puts it in the second person pronoun, you. This was taught to me by a teacher years and years ago. I'd never seen it. And I knew Psalm 23. So see, it resonated. I'm thinking, I never saw that. So we need teachers. We need pastors. We need, we need them to bring up some of these things so that your heart will say, amen. I already knew that. I just need to hear it. And I've never forgotten that. But what, what David is doing here and what we often do is that we, we speak about the shepherd in the first three verses, and then all of a sudden he turns and he speaks to the shepherd. It's called prayer. It's called meditation. And he does this intentionally because he knows that there's nothing that makes the shepherd more personal than the dark valley. Richard Foster once said this, God becomes a reality when he becomes a necessity. God becomes a reality when he becomes a necessity. Jackson spoke last week, and he, he made mention, and he did this morning as well. But he spoke on, you know, these patterns of life where you've got the order, You've got disorder, and then you've got reorder. And as, I, as he was speaking, you know, you can also see you've got birth, you've got the cross, which is death, and you've got the resurrection. Same pattern. Order, disorder, reorder. But I began to see the Psalms like that, especially Psalm 23. The first three verses, you have order. Verse 4, you got disorder. Then at the last phrase, his rod and staff comfort me, you begin the reorder. And then on to 5 and 6. And the pattern can be in your life. The pattern can be a cycle. That when things are good, there could be disorder, but there's going to be reorder because you learn things. Had to just throw that in there. There's a quote by Dallas Willard. And the quote is this. We are to see every event 
as an occasion in which the competence and faithfulness of God will be confirmed to us. This would be my summarization of verse 4. Even though I walk through the dark valley, I will, I will fear no evil for you. You are with me. See how personal that is? It's not a head thing, it's a heart thing. So we are to see, think this through. You, we are to see every event as an occasion in which the competence and faithfulness of God will be confirmed to us. The shepherd is competent. As Tom comes up, let's just close it. I've just scratched the surface. Maybe sometime I would like to teach more on the heart. Yeah, you can trust the heart. It's a scriptural thing. You need the, the head and the heart together. But as we grow, I began to think about some of these things and, you know, really try to, to discover what's inside of my heart that says, Lord, I, I want these things real. I'm not getting younger. I want to see with my mind what the heart is speaking to me. Things that maybe I've gone off. Things maybe I'm not teaching correctly and we're not going to always teach things that are perfect. But it's just not going to be there. But I want to see the message of my heart because I want to live from my heart and so do you. Because that's in your heart. It's in your heart. That we may see every event of life. Not always good things. Bad things are bad things. Bad things are not good things. Bad things are bad things. But even in the good and the bad, there are opportunities for the shepherd to confirm his competence and his faithfulness to you. You can walk away. You can mess up your life. You can ruin your body. You can be so messed up. And the amazing thing about grace is he is faithful. He is faithful to your children, to your grandpa, your grandma, to mom and dad, to your friends that are way out there. He's competent, he's faithful, and he wants to confirm that. And you know that in your heart. But up here, all we see is the external. It's I will close with this. What if our minds were able to look at every circumstance of life through these lens? What if our minds were able to look at every circumstance of life 
through these lens. Let me pray. And we'll close with song. Father, thank you. May Jesus thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. For you are our shepherd. You are my shepherd. Thank you so much for being so willing to lead us and to guide us and to counsel us. To always be there. Thank you that you rigged it just perfectly. So that we can hear you from our heart. So that we can live not from our minds, our heads, but from our heart. And that you will teach us in our minds to grasp it and to bring it out into understanding things. To, to communicate those things. And that's why it's so hard when we see things within our heart. We feel them, we know them, but it's hard to, it's hard to speak because they're so deep in their heart felt. Thank you again for setting up everything so that your presence is always guaranteed in our life. Those that are struggling, disappointed, filled with frustration, filled with anxiety, they're living in this pattern, they're in disorder. Lord, may they listen to their heart. May they trust their heart. And however long it takes, there will be that time will they, when they will take ownership. Thank you for not judging us. Thank you for, for not condemning us. Thank you for not bringing guilt and shame upon us when we're stubborn, rebellious. We don't want to listen to our heart. Thank you for being a gentleman and allowing us to Live our life because it is our life. And you want us to live our life and to take ownership of our life. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in whatever variety of ways that you move this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This song, this song has been with me my whole life. And... Um, and I had a pretty rough upbringing, and I needed, I needed some help. And uh, God's been in my life since I was a little kid. God came to me first. And God made God's existence known to me very simply. And I've sung this song probably since I was eight years old. <clears throat> And today I suffer from mental illness. I have a general anxiety disorder that's come to be more prevalent the last 10 years of my life. And my mom suffered from it. And <clears throat> I think it's hereditary in some regard. And I am not okay without God's presence. I'm not okay. And I am okay when I ask God to be with me. And if any of you are out there fearful, anxious, uncomfortable, 
You know, I invite you this week. Call out to God.